Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Caraman. We are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you? LJ, doing good. I'm vibing, um, hanging out. Um, yeah, got home from work. Yanks had an off day today, so didn't have to even think about that, which was great. Um, we had the Field of Dreams game tonight, and we got our team of the week. Uh, I believe this is our first team of the week post All Star break. Uh, yeah, because we went immediately into Trinidadian, which yeah. stopped all normal activities after the All Star break. And yeah, I can't think of one. So, so, yeah, nice to get back on this grind, whatever week it is or edition it is. Well, I'm not sure, but, um, to be honest, we probably should have just done it for the entirety of the stretch that went between the All-Star break and now, but... That's okay. That's okay. That's um, too much headache. Yeah. Um, so, we'll get into the Field of Dreams game, what happened tonight, um, and then we'll do our Team of the Week. But Cubs and Reds for the Field of Dreams game, definitely not the greatest two teams, um, especially two teams that are separated by like two games for last place in uh safe ooh is is the NL Central the worst division in the league um or yes. AL Central is NL the a- Central. AL, NL Central by a mile NL yeah 
compared to the AL? Well, you have three bad teams in both divisions. Who are the three? Who are the three bad teams in the AL Central? The Tigers. Okay. The Royals are pretty bad. Okay. Um, and I think at times – all right, no, yeah, the White Sox I, – I, The White Sox are too talented. They're they not a good team. They're not no, a they're playoff not. team. But They're too talented yeah, no. to be terrible. And compared to Cubs, Reds, and Pirates, yeah, never mind. NL Central is by far the worst. I, I kind of had a brain fart there. But, yeah, so not a great uh, matchup. But, but if, you know, you get to spotlight these players at least. Jonathan India playing for the Reds tonight, but I think he ended up getting hurt. And but taken. it's baseball too. So, really, any matchup between any level team can always end up being exciting. Exactly. On how, the, how the ball goes. Exactly. Um, your this, however, pitchers, we, it was Drew Smiley for the Cubs uh, and, Nick, uh, and Nick Lodolo um, for the Reds. So a young guy, so certainly yeah. lost some potential. But look, as much as I say it can be, this game was by no means entertaining. No, I'm glad that um, I was working and didn't watch a single pitch. I had the misfortune of showing up in the third inning to this game. I was out doing some with some family events. So I didn't get to see live any of the early action, which that was the majority of it. Three runs in the first inning for Chicago. Ultimately, the deciding factor was taken out of my hands before I even got here. But the rest of this game was a slog, hard to get through, turn your television off type baseball. Um, Not a good look for a primetime event. And that's why, you know, they've missed the mark on this Field of Dreams game time and time again. Well, not last year. Last year, everything worked out amazing for them. I would still say they did because the fact that you're not able, and we'll get into this in a second, the fact that you're not bringing it back for 2023 because of construction issues and possibly never again will we see this, clearly means that you've missed the mark because you're not making this a clear priority. If they're able to completely or willing to completely uproot the Red Sox and Yankees, two of their biggest teams, screw their entire schedule over one year just to make sure these two teams can go to London at the same time. And play on, like, what was what we come to find out, not even a regulation field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, if you're willing to do all of that to expand to the London market, you should be able to do this or emphasize something that I think at this point gets more hype and social social media talk, social media coverage than their actual all-star game. Myself included, I, barely anyone watches the all-star game or watches it in full, but everyone wants to see what's going on at the Field of Dreams game. Once the home run derby is over, people kind of tune the all-star weekend out. That's not the case of the Field of Dreams game because you have all these nice tributes and it's all based around a movie that so many of us love. So how have you not leaned more into it? You keep using the guise of we have to have it be two travelable teams. First off, there's what, four? What do we say? Four travelable? Five travelable teams. Milwaukee, Minnesota, Cincinnati, Chicago, and Chicago. Well, if you're saying that 
Milwaukee is travelable. I would certainly say that Detroit is travelable. I forgot about Detroit. Yes. So you got six teams right there. It, they keep acting like they've got two teams that have to play each year. But back on the London point, there's no reason for it to have to be two travelable teams. Why can't you make this a Thursday game and have it be a three-game weekend series? Oh, uh, we also miss Cleveland. Oh. Yeah, yeah D- Darsville, Iowa is honestly a pretty decent location. And I kind of forgot where it was. Is Kansas City in play? You, why not, dude? Like, no, Oh, no, actually, that, that's feeding exactly They have jets, bro. It's not like they're traveling by bus. They take jets. But this isn't the Glens Falls Dragons who can't make it across no, New York State. Like, this, this, this is, is a, like, we're, we're really <laughs> – I just, yeah, no, exactly my it point. It makes no sense, LJ. It, there's no logic behind any of that. Like, they take private jets. Every team probably has their own private charter plane. Like, I would almost guarantee that. And there's no reason you couldn't, again, give them a travel day for it. I'm not even sure whether they do that now is irrelevant. They're already fitting in 162 games in like a seven day shortened schedule because of this freaking lockout. Yeah. Like, and, and again, you've been willing to crunch schedules to give rest days for this type of travel more in the past than you are right now. So what's the point of screwing this whole thing over? And then back on the fact that basically make a long story short, they're putting together a youth sports complex. I'm assuming that's all little league fields. Um, uh, Frank Thomas is actually, I believe, if I'm reading right, yeah, a uh, $80 million expansion to it all is coming in. And that's going to basically take up all of 2023. So they're not going to be able to, because of this construction, ha- hold the. Field of Dreams game next year. Now, that also now leads the door open to the fact that they haven't announced 2024 or anything yet. Something, mind you, they definitely could have done. MLB could have said two years out, we're doing it. These are the two teams and have just left it at that because that at least gets people comfortable. But what exactly is the point of having a youth, youth sports Field of Dreams? Do you see the appeal here? I mean, not really, but I'm not going to hate on it because I'm all for promoting baseball for kids. I'm all for promoting baseball for kids. I just think that the actual Field of Dreams game is probably going to do more than putting a Little League field in the Field of Dreams. Because yeah, probably, but also... Because you're going to get their parents, the parents watching, you're going to get, you're getting baseball on the TV on everybody's TVs with having the Field of Dreams game. Meanwhile, I stand firm on the fact that there is not a single kid above age, under age 12, and I'm being very generous with 12, that has any respect for that movie. As a person who appreciates Field of Dreams, and I know people that were uh, adults when that came out and baseball fans when that came out, and still don't like the movie. As someone who appreciates it, it's 
kind of painfully slow in a lot of points. Like the like I, I love this movie. I'd watch it again and again. That's not an issue. But if I'm being critically objective, it can be a little slow. I didn't have any interest in it when I was a kid. Watch it back as a teenager, way better. Would watch it all the time now. So you've got all of these 10, 12-year-olds playing on this field that's supposed to have significance to a movie that they don't care about. If anything, they're just a little pissed because they have to go out to a travel tournament in Dyersville, Iowa, where there is absolutely nothing except these baseball fields. I I just don't see how this is a positive experience for anyone but the parents. And that's not going to grow love for the game. Well, LJ, I think it's time that we move on to our team of the week. Um, Let's do it. So we start with pitcher, work our way down. Um, All right. So pitcher, I got really mad because I had a really sneaky pick and LJ stole it from me. So I guess I'll, I'll let him take it away. No, no. Honestly, you're so excited about this one. I'll, I'll give it to you. You know, I, I certainly have plenty of other guys on here. I think okay. you tried, you tried to out sneaky me a couple spots and I think I took the cake at the DH spot. So, <laughs> okay. I'll take my victory lap there. Well, Justin Steele of the Cubs uh, absolutely has shoved uh, over the last week. He's made two starts. The first was against Miami on August 5th, four and two thirds. He faced 20 total batters, allowed four hits, no runs, one walk, and 10 strikeouts. Not bad for four and two thirds. That's okay. That's okay. Next, against Washington, six innings, eight hits, two earned runs, nine strikeouts to no walks. You're talking about uh, 10 and two-thirds innings pitched with 19 strikeouts um, and only two earned runs. Uh, just a really, really good week. Only one walk. Um, this guy's got some really nasty stuff. And all in all, has had a solid season. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can keep a building on this. He's only 27 and... To be fair, the Cubs don't have, you know, much competition there for him. So if he's, you know, stays even, I don't want to say half as good, but somewhat good like this, uh, he's got himself a roster spot pretty secure for next season and beyond. Yeah, and again, if we're talking about what could have gone better here, I don't give this to anybody else. Uh, Really, I don't think there was another guy who definitely should have gotten it, but you do have to talk about the efficiency here. Um, this August 5th start, absolutely great. But, you know, that put-away pitch definitely has to get going and, you know, really get into gear for him to become more successful and for him to be consistent at this level that he's going going on in these two starts here because 10 strikeouts is great, shutout is great. 93 pitches, and he couldn't get through five. That's those aren't those three statistics don't really correlate most of the time. And what that tells me is these strikeouts were long 
gutted out at bats. It shows you it shows you a lot of fight, but he needs that little extra something. He needs a little bit more in his game to take that next jump. Well, moving on to catcher, we are also in agreement here, and that is that JT Realmuto um, cleared everybody this week. There was. I must say it was there was a lot of really good catcher hitting performances this week, but what JT Real Muto did was um, insanely impressive. Nineteen plate appearances, three homers, eight RBIs, four twenty one batting average, one dot one five eight slugging for a three twenty eight weighted runs created plus and point seven WAR on the week. Yeah, you know. Another place you could go definitely would be a guy like Will Smith, who has a 500 on base percentage this week. But ultimately, you know, even just looking down to the counting stats, it's just such a clear cut across the board week for JT Realmuto that you, you can't take it away from him. And how about Martin Maldonado with another good week? I remember us joking there on one of the player of the weeks where I don't know if we gave it to him at catcher, but we certainly talked about his week and we said, I don't think that, it was a, a player of the week. It was right in the heart of trade Mageddon because yeah. one of the first guys we tried to, we tried to kick off a team was Martin Maldonado. That's right. Um, and yeah, cause we said that it would make sense for the Astros to trade for Wilson Contreras. Um, and you know, LJ, he actually now has a higher weighted runs created plus, than he had in 2017, 2018, and 2021. Um, he's really picked it up hitting-wise as of late. Yeah, it's it's been a good run for him. I'd have to think part of it has to come with the trade deadline, you know. He got really he, scared when Christian Vasquez got traded. <laughs> well, it's not even just Christian Vasquez get, getting traded there. The whole lead-up to it. Because if you're Martin Maldonado, as self-confident as you can be, how can you not sit there and think, all right, my numbers aren't good. I know my numbers aren't good. And everyone and their brother is saying that I shouldn't be starting for this team. If I'm him, I'm thinking I'm fortunate enough that they don't have enough depth at this position to find a valuable replacement for me within the farm system. So all of a sudden they get the golden opportunity at the trade deadline to go out and get this replacement guy. I have to find a way to prove I need to stay on this roster. And that's uh, certainly what he's done here. And yeah. Well, well LJ, uh, we, we, me and you certainly went in interesting directions at first base. So talk us through your pick. Yep, I'm going to go ahead out to Colorado. Give me some cores effect here with Elihuris Montero. He played six games for the Rockies this week. He doesn't get to, doesn't get a walk, but he does end up with a batting average of 458 and a slugging of 667 with one home run, five runs scored, and four RBIs. Overall, a good half-war week with almost a full uh, defensive run above average this week out of him. Excuse me, frog in my throat. Um, 
yeah, just terrific all around week. Very nice to see. I'm going to go to Washington with another first year player, Joey Manessis, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, and he had quite the week hitting. Um, he actually didn't qualify in terms of plate appearances. However, had more war or actually had the same amount of war as uh, L.A. Huris Montero. Joey Manessas, 17 plate appearances, three homers, a 467 batting average, 529 on base, 1.067 slugging for a 328 weighted runs created plus in a .5 war on the week. And also, I just wanted to say that guys like Eli Huris, Montero, and Joey Manessas is what makes the MLB such a great league because I – like LJ and I had no idea who these guys were prior to this season. You know, last year we did all these shows following the MLB every single day. And if you were to do this for another sport, like let's say the NBA and you were and then you were, you were going through like a player of the week thing like this, you would never, almost never have a guy on for player of the week in the NBA or team of the week that you hadn't heard of like a few weeks before or like the previous season, it's just not going to happen. And with a league like the MLB, it, it's awesome because you just never know who these players are going to be, but there's always going to be new guys and new names to keep track of. And that's what makes the sport fantastic. And I think a great example, and maybe this is just me not following the Braves close enough, but I had never heard of Spencer Strider prior to this season. Honestly, I can't say that I had heard of him in the minors. Um, yeah, the Braves, I, I think I probably followed that organization a little closer than you in years past, but generally I think that whole Braves fan base got very hyper-focused on specific players and specific prospects like you know really it was all very much uh ian anderson centric tuki Toussaint centric and particularly drew waters centric waters and pache as far as the uh position players where the entire fan base was hyper focused on a small handful of prospects who not none of them really ended up having that major an impact on the team and then all of a sudden you know guys keep continually being pulled up that end up being worlds better than the other than the guys that got hyped up so they got they got played in quite a few situations don't blame yourself too hard there but ultimately what you're saying here again the MLB is an equal opportunity employer one through nine you all get roughly the same amount of opportunity to impact the game and it's all about what you're able to make of it on those percentages that one that given week, whether you go down in fame or infamy. And what's what's always amazing to me is that the difference between a 200 and a 300 hitter is 10%. And the difference between a 250 and a 300 hitter is 5%, like a 5% difference. And it makes people talk world's 
different about you. It's amazing. Um, let's keep moving. Second base. Uh, LJ's going with a Met here. Uh, in Are Jeff we really this surprised? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, I'm going with Jeff McNeil here. Been all over a lot of these guys at this point. Point four WAR this week. Two home runs, seven RBIs, and a slash line of three fifty seven, three sixty seven, and six forty three. All around, another very very nice week at the office for Jeff McNeil. Another very nice week at the office for the New York Mets. I'm gonna go with Max Muncy of the Dodgers um, been having a really rough season um, and nice to see him put together a really solid week, 19 plate appearances, three homers, six RBIs, 368 batting average, 368 on base percentage, 1000 slugging for a 0.5 war. Um, and let's hope he can, keep it rolling uh because he was actually one of my favorite players to watch hit last year had such great command of the strike zone and was walking a lot and for whatever reason his whole approach just seems off this year um i don't know what's what's up with him yeah ultimately i'd have to think you know it's all about making contact here for this guy if he can get a little bit more focused on focused with that in mind that's going to do wonders for him because really, I mean, the difference between his 21 and 22, it's a 50, it's a 60 point drop in his batting average. It's a what? 50 point drop. Yeah. 51 point drop in on-base percentage. So, you know, a lot of the result, half the results are coming. That command of the strike zone is still there. Yeah. He actually He's not is doing walking it. more. I'm surprised yeah. by that. Yeah, exactly. My point. He's he's getting he's creating good results, except for with, with the opportunities he's fully given. Like when he gets those pitches, he's not capitalizing on it. Well, Which, and it's interesting because his hard hit percentage of forty three point eight percent is, according to Baseball Reference, well above the league average of thirty eight point seven percent. So, just an interesting case here. Um, with Max Muncy, but yeah, had a good week and had to had to stick him on my, on my list. Um, but on to third base, where we had no problems uh, figuring out who this was going to be. Nolan Arenado continuing a great great season with the Cardinals. Thirty plate appearances, three homers, ten RBIs. 10 runs scored, 462 batting average, 533 on base for a full war, um, full one war. Great on defense, as always. Um, this dude's just a machine. A machine. Um, yeah, yeah, plays a full a week. Machine. Not the machine. Not the machine. Get Gets a full week, gets another terrific line here i don't know what really what else to say about this guy i mean this is your mvp leader right now him or his teammate yeah with this big back half start or start to the back half that's clearly where i feel like i'm looking in my in my mind and this just continues to add merit to it if i'm correct 
based on Fangraphs War, that brings him up to six even on the year. He's the second player to get up to the MVP line. So by war standards, usually anyone above six should be in the MVP discussion at minimum. So he's already managed to get there. He's got a month and a half to continue to add to that. And Aaron Judge is, of course, miles ahead of both him uh, and the if you're, if you're interested right now um, Am I on a sports book that I'm on. A sports book. A sports book. Um, not the sports book? Not the sports book. So Paul Goldschmidt's the MVP favorite at minus 140 odds. So that's $140 to win $100. The second favorite is Austin Riley at plus $500. After that, it goes to Freddie Freeman at plus $650. And then it is Mookie Betts and Nolan Arenado at plus $1,500. So you're getting 15 to 1 on Nolan Arenado to win the MVP, at least on my book right now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. That I'm on. Um, Again, and the like numbers that, just line up so well on that yeah, too. I just feel like 15 to one odds is pretty good value. I should I should throw a few bucks on this right now. Oh, it's crazy value because you know trying to make a case for it right now is pretty darn easy because you have this. The stats are clearly backing it. No matter where you look, still one of the one of the best, if not the best, defender in the entire league. Offensively. I'm trying to pull up his full season here um, without the seven days. Offensively, this is a 160 weighted runs created plus player on the year, 23 home runs. And more importantly to me, I look at the team and the momentum of the team going forward. The Cardinals are very scarily, very concerningly doing exactly what they did last year. They were just a little bit better throughout the majority of the season. Like this team's heating up at the exact same time, having a big August and they're probably going to carry into a big July. So all of a sudden you look at this team up right up there with records like the Dodgers and the Mets in at the end of September. And I'd have a hard time not giving it to him. But I mean, we talk about uh, Austin Riley as well. Let's look back to, and this was, this was the end of June that we finished up our mid-season awards conversation. Let's take a look at these tier these tier lists because yeah, it's, just, it's wild how, how much things have gone in a month and a half, whereas I don't think that the conversation shifted that much in the month and a half prior to us making this. Um, well, Manny Machado, leader, still I think is a valid take. Mookie Betts is, was the only other guy in my contenders group, and I still think that's a de- valid take. Dansby Swanson, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado was my Peloton. And then on the outside looking in, I, th- I thought Bryce Harper was still, you know, could have 
a big enough impact coming back in November at that point. I thought it would be early, late August, early November. At the time, of course, he did have setbacks with that. But Bryce Harper, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, uh, Sandy Alcantara, and Garrett Stubbs, of course, Garrett Stubbs being the best bench player in the league. Um, I forgot about <laughs> But um, the reason I'm putting this in here, first off, us talking about Nolan Arenado being a good good chunk, a good step away from Machado and Betts and that they would basically have to fall, fall back for him to get there. I really don't feel like Mookie and Manny have fallen back that much. Nolan has just turned the corner and found a way to get back into that conversation and really forced me into that talking point. But Austin Riley also, I mean, I'm not going to act like I would vote for Austin Riley or Paul Goldschmidt here, but he, he definitely, I mean, there's no way you aren't putting him in reasonable shot to win the MVP at this point. Like no, LJ, I sent a stat to our, to a, uh, our, one of our group chats this morning. I said, Austin Riley slashing 387, 432, 788 since July 1st. He has 30 extra base hits in that time span. No one else in the national league has 16 or more in that time span. He's doubled everybody. It's, you know, like not only is it MVP consideration, but this dude is now like, this has been two straight years of elite, elite production at that position. Yes. Which is one of the deepest positions in the league. I might add. And we have to also, we'd be, wrong to not emphasize this as being elite elite offensive production this is still one of the worst defensive third baseman in the league with consistency what about last year with a positive percentile five defensive war on 10th percentile and outs above average though well see that's the thing Look, there, 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 there are bad spots but you can't tell me that you you look at this guy and feel comfortable with him in the hot corner no, he's no he's no great defender, but he's also not one of the worst. He's just a below average. Uh, say. This year he's been pretty bad, but last no, year I, last year he was not atrocious. It's not atrocious. It doesn't matter if you're not atrocious. I just don't think I can justify you up there with guys like Manny Machado, uh, Manny Machado, Jose Ramirez. Honestly, I'm not even sure I'm ready to put. You know, I think. If we're talking about the big names at third base, I'm not 100% ready to put him right next to Rafi Devers either because of the improvements we've seen in the flashes that we'd already seen from Rafi in prior seasons towards making that step. But I'm certainly in 100% agreements. He's not far off that elite level. And I don't think you have to be elite. You don't have to be an elite name, an elite legacy to win the MVP either. All right. Well, we're on the left field. And LJ took a red sock. Yeah, I was trying to not make sure. Make, I double-checked. Braden heard me do it. I did my due diligence to not be a homer. You forgot shortstop, Brandon. Oh, yeah. No, shortstop doesn't matter. Um 
Shortstops aren't important. Yeah, no. We went with the same. Shortstops are people too. Just because they don't have a base doesn't mean they don't have feelings. We went with the same guy at shortstop because we thought it was pretty overwhelming. And I had to watch this guy destroy the Yankees in this time span so I can certainly vouch. Paul DeYoung, um, seven games, 29 plate appearances, two homers, nine RBIs, 20% walk rate. So that gives him a 409 batting average, a 552 on base percentage, and a 909 slug for 0.8 war. Um, another Cardinal that's that's raking. Yeah, again, yeah, terrific, terrific week all around. Just, you know, I don't know how much – there's not really much more I can add to this. He has been very, very good at baseball. Another guy that's definitely worthy of consideration here, Francisco Lindor puts up 0.6 war this week, slashes 393, 486, 536. Comes around the bases 11 times in eight games and drives in seven himself. That's a boatload. Defensive value has been a boatload. Brandon, do we think he's on his way back to another gold glove here? Asking you the tough questions today. Yeah, you certainly are. Um, Let me pull up something here. I don't know. Look, here's the thing. While I'm pulling up what his outs above average is this year. His outs above average is nine. It's sixth among shortstops, actually. I forgot how great Dansby is. Long live Dansby. What percentile is, is he in? Lindor, 97th percentile of outs above average. I mean, who knows? Because half the voters use use uh, fielding percentage anyway, so um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I saw something about Dusty Baker the other day. Um, he he wasn't playing Trey Mancini at first base for some reason. Um, Where was he playing him? That's that's a better question. I think corner outfield um that's not invalid no but he was saying that he didn't play him at first or he had him DHing and he had Yuli Gurriel playing first base even though Yuli Gurriel has less outs above average this year than Trey Mancini does at first base and they asked Dusty Baker about it um like why they've been having Mancini DH and he said well Yuli Gurriel won the gold glove um last year so he's he's my golden glove out there and if I have a fly ball pitcher I want my golden glove out there for the infield pop-ups and then someone looked and they saw that Mancini has more outs above average at first base this year than Gurriel Again, and that that goes back into the conversation of though, can we really justify full a player's full defensive ability on one season, or just because you won an award? Like no, but but the, but winning the award again does prove his merit at the at the position. I don't think sure. it's a bad thing yeah. to have him there. No, no, absolutely not. But there's 
Like, no. this isn't Kyle Schwarber trying to play first base or Trey Mancini in natural first base. No, no, of course not. But, you know, there was just a few reporters that were that were asking, especially because you look at Gurriel's hitting this year, and it's a lot worse than Trey Mancini's. Getting a little sneaky here, Nico Horner, 12 outs above average. Dude, I told you the other day, he's like a really good player now. Four, 4% uh, success right end. That's the leader among actual second base, actual shortstops in terms of how much success he's adding to it. So how many plays basically that he's making that he is by far not expected to make. What a guy. Granted, that might be a lot because there's a lot of plays to make as a Chicago Cub, but we're not going to get into that. We have an outfield to talk about. Yeah, let's let's run through the rest of this so we can get out of here. Um, left field, you went with Alex Verdugo. Yeah, he hit like 400-something, right? I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, yeah. I flipped through so many pages tonight that I don't have it pulled up right away. 450. 450, 522, 800 for the week for Alex Verdugo. The reason I was talking about that all was I was doing due diligence and, you know, his was stronger than a lot of other things. I could have also pulled Jeff McNeil out here and have been very happy with that choice. But, you know, Andres Jimenez just did not give me the resume that Alex Verdugo did this week. And he ends up filling the spot. I'm going to go with... Tyler Naquin of the New York Mets. Uh, since he's become a Met, he has actually been pretty good. Um, hit two homers against Atlanta in that first game of their big series um, last week, which is not counted. Oh, no, sorry, is, is counted into these um, stats. Actually, I believe... If I'm correct, this six-game span is all six games that he's played as a Met. Three homers, six RBIs, 438 batting average, a 1.188 slugging, 352 weighted runs created, plus and a .6 war. Uh, yeah, you know, I initially was like, why are the Mets trading for Tyler Naquin? They already have a really good outfield. Um, now they just added another outfielder who – can apparently hit all of a sudden now that he's on the Mets. So surprisingly, all all of a sudden, you know, he learned the one thing he's being paid or one of the two things he's being paid to do. Yeah. So good for Tyler Naquin, good for the Mets as they get another player. LJ had Jeff McNeil on this list. I put Tyler Naquin. And I'm going to go to center field where we both ended up with the same guy, Aaron Judge, with yet another week on the Players of the Week. Slashes 409, 552, 773, with two home runs and six RBIs. Brian Cashman winces in pain, as every time that Judge hits one of these home runs, how Steinbrenner beats him over the head with a little lead pipe, as he can hear, he can feel this contract going up by the hundreds of thousands of dollars. LJ, this is the sixth time that Aaron Judge, or so yeah, this is the sixth individual week Aaron Judge has been on the list. We've picked him. Has it really only been six weeks? 
we picked him a total of nine times between us, though, across those six weeks. I'm sure. I, again, I feel like it's been a ton more, but well, then six again, is a lot. I feel. That's half, all right. That's half of our weeks. <laughs> that's a, or a little under half. Aaron Judge, yeah, two homers this week. He's at 45. Uh, I don't really need to run through his stats. You, you, you guys know what he's been doing. Um, Costing the Yankees a lot of money is what he's been doing. Well, I mean, we are the New York Yankees. For everyone that says we buy our players, you know, it'd be nice if we actually did that. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, I hate when people are like, oh, all you guys do is go and spend money. Dude, I would have loved for us to spend money in free agency and get Freddie Freeman. Are you kidding me? If the Yankees truly bought their players, they would have got Freddie Freeman. And it's, you know, yeah, yeah. you do always have to walk that line, though, and they or did have to prepare for it. Or anyone. But right field, LJ, go for it. We're going out to Kansas City. Oh, right oh, field. Oh, right field. Right, right field. field. I, I got to have a program here. Got a little excited. Mookie Betts. Um, wow. It, it's, he sounded so disappointed. Oh, yeah. Mookie Betts. I am disappointed. I'm excited for DH, man. Um, what did Mookie do this week? He slashed 385, 407, 615. You know, we're talking about a top five player in baseball here. We really don't expect much less from this type of player. And he just keeps getting it done. Do you have anything else yeah. to add? And I mean, what about him for, for MVP? He's got 4.7 fan grabs war. And you could like two good weeks where you end up with a total of like 1.2 war puts you over six. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's still anyone's anyone's award. Just like we saw Robbie Ray win the AL Cy Young. Robbie Way? Robbie Way. We're not bringing Robbie Way back into this. Well, right field, I went with Kyle Isbell, who in his seven games and 18 plate appearances slashed 412, 444, 941 with six RBIs on half a war for the week. Well, Brandon, let's move on to DH. And we are going to Kansas City. Standing six foot four, 245 pounds of pure muscle. Batting left, throwing left. 24-year-old first baseman, Vinny Pasquantino, gets my tab. For the DH spot, the number t- number two prospect in the Kansas City Royals organization, according to Fangraphs, has a big week as he's starting to move up in the world, move up on this team. He slashes 391-423-696 with two home runs and four RBIs. Good old Vinny Pasquantino. Um, I go with... Daniel Vogelback, LJ, who standing in at it doesn't show on his fan graphs page. You got to be joking me. 
standing in at six foot, 270 pounds, 183 centimeters, 122 kilograms. Age 29, out of Orlando, Florida, he is the 2019 All-Star Game selection from the Seattle Mariners, Daniel Vogelback. <laughs> you can't see him either. Um, <laughs> I lost you him. Us? Six games. He had a homer, six RBIs. Slash 389, 476, 667 for a 222 weighted runs created plus. And I mean, you if you saw this dude on the street, you would not think he was a baseball player. <laughs> I am sorry. No, I played for five teams in the span of four seasons. No, Daniel Vogelback. We're all for the Daniel Vogelback train because, frankly, you know, I think he got the short, he's gotten the short end of the stick, particularly in the black hole that is offense in Milwaukee. You know, you look at his expected, he should have done way better in his uh, Milwaukee Brewers tenure than he ever did. Wait, didn't he have like a really clutch homer in the postseason, though? No, he didn't. Who hit the clutch homer for the Brewers? I don't remember much clutchness going on for the Brewers in the postseason. So. They they won one of the games. <laughs> they won a game. And Someone hit a really clutch home. Rowdy Telez. See, it's like basically the same guy. Yeah, I mean, I look, in, look at, um, you know, a couple of these years, you know, 66th percentile expected uh, WOPA, you know, all along getting really good walk rate. Really good, again, play discipline. Chase rate's always been way up there, and that's ultimately what's going to get a guy like this to be a top-half expected hitter just about every year of his career, whether that happens or not. Also, fun fact about Vinny Pascantino, I believe he's the fourth Vinny in MLB history to spell his name IE first since 2015. In case anyone cares. Cool. Um, all right. Our player of the week. I believe we're doing an honorary. Well, we'll do the honorary player of the week first, and then I have a real player of the week if you do as well. No, I'm going to keep it just my one player of the week. All right, I'll just take it away because I, I will my make player this of the week honorary one. Will be Vin Scully, um, of course, again. This is kind of our week to give that tribute because everything was so crazy right along when that happened. Did that happen? Did we get the, didn't we get the news right at the start of us recording our trade deadline show? Yeah, he, he, yeah, it was right on the night of trade deadline. So we never really got a chance to unpack it, but what a history, like, I don't think enough people understand until you sit down and talk with some of these guys who've been in 
broadcast sports media or sports media in general for so long, the amount of incredible things and sports moments that they've witnessed and that they remember vividly because they were so actively involved in it. I mean, particularly these broadcast guys, they've lived it all. And so, you know, a lot, a lot of stories, a lot of memories, a lot of baseball's history is gone in a way, but it won't be forgotten thanks to the, how memorable Vince Scully has always been. Yeah, you're talking 67 years calling games for the same team. (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, He's easily the greatest baseball broadcaster of all time. Just, you know, everyone, you know, as he got older, and at least when I got to listen to him, um, was when he was certainly uh, well beyond his his prime days, that's for sure. And people said, oh, you know, the craziest things could happen in a game, and he's not reacting, you know, very, you know, he, he isn't showing a lot of emotion. He's always articulating and describing the moment well, but, you know, he's not showing a lot of emotion. And it's like, dude, he's been calling games for 60-something years. Like he's What more do you want? He's seen every single thing that you could possibly want to see. Perfect games, no hitters, uh, World Series, walk-offs in the World Series. Uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, I don't know if he saw a four-home run game, but he was there when Fernando Tati Sr. hit two grand slams in the same inning. Um, He's seen everything that, you know, I don't blame him for not showing a lot of emotion. It's like, at some point when you've been around for that long, you can do whatever you want. And just how legendary he was to Dodgers fans. Imagine growing up your whole life with the same guy calling your team's game. It's incredible. You're literally like, it could be someone's entire life from the moment they're born, live to 65 years old, which is young, absolutely. But for 65 years from the moment you're born to till you die at 65, the same guy was calling games for your team. And, you know, for a lot of people not in markets that we like, you know, out of the New York, Boston markets, know when we say that that type of thing and how crazy that is and how cool that is to us, it's genuine because for us, or for Brandon still, but for, for me up until last year, we both did have somebody calling games for our team our entire life. Yeah. Like, again, as, as much as you're probably ready for John Sterling to be gone, like, you've gotten to experience that throughout that entire time. Yes, and, and you're just really trying to, I'm sure, or at least even for me, the idea of having Jerry around for 60 years of my life, I can, I can acknowledge and appreciate so much better because of that as experiences. And I can't imagine being with a guy like Vin Scully, but again, this is another lesson of invest in your comment commentary crew, invest in all of that play-by-play radio, television, everything, because at the end of the day, you can put as much money into a stadium as you want. 
You can make it the best experience to go to games that you could ever ask for, but you're not going to get people to truly, truly care about your team, its success, its players, all of that, if you're not giving them a reason to care while they're on the road, when they're not at home. That's why it's so crucial. As far as I'm concerned, broadcast teams are what? I'm lowballing them probably by saying a third of the entertainment value of the actual sport because at minimum half the games that you watch, if you go to, if you have season tickets, half the game, half the baseball games, half the Red Sox games, half the Dodgers games you watch are on TV. And who's going to be, who is the only, who's the only difference maker in your enjoyment of the game, your fan experience when you're on TV, it's the people calling the game. That's why they're so important. That's why it's important to have the great ones. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, If I was going to pick a real player of the week for this week, I would probably go with Nolan Arenado. Um, But I think that is where this show is going to end for today. Thank you for listening. Check us out, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod, and we'll see you. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.